Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to another episode of the Muslimi Experience. I'm your host, Brother Bona Muhammad, and I'm very excited for our guest today, who, mashallah, tabarakallah, needs no introduction, but yet I'll still give him a little bit of an introduction. He is a Qadi, he's an Imam, he's involved in Dawi, he's a content creator, and he's here with us today. Our brother Faisal Latif has joined us. Assalamu alaikum, akhi. Wa alaikum, assalamu alaikum, barakatuh. How you doing, bro? Alhamdulillah. I, look, I listed some of your credentials, but okay. there's a lot more behind this. <laughs> that scene. was a banger so, intro, by the way. Alhamdulillah. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do, who you are, and how you would describe yourself. Um, okay, alhamdulillah. I'll just, uh, I'll just say, like, list it out, I guess. Yep. Uh, so, alhamdulillah, like you said, I, I, I'm involved in da'wah a little bit in my own way, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm an imam at a masjid in Tampa, Florida, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah. I, people know me for my nasheed, right, my songs, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah. Your, your four nasheeds? My four nasheeds. <laughs> you... <laughs> Hey, bro, we need you more. I'm, I'm only saying that because I, I want more of it, and you haven't oh, put out man. enough. So Vocals yeah. only, guys. No music. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Check Alhamdulillah. him out. It's, it's honestly dope. Mashallah. <laughs> what he said? You're four nashids, bro. You're yeah. one shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? All right. So, Alhamdulillah, that's uh, a content creator. Alhamdulillah, I uh, have my own clothing brand. Actually, this is mine. Really? Yeah, this is mine. Mashallah. What's it called? Face Let's see. Oh, that's original. <laughs> You but see the ego just shining, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay, so what what is that design? It's like a this is the be kind design. Mm. So the hand is you, okay, and the the rose it's like, is. So it's like you have the capacity for violence, mm. but whatever it is you, however it is you choose to react, right? Choose to be as beautiful as a flower, and which has thorns, the capacity for damage. So you know. So clothing line as well. Clothing line, uh, clothing brand. Alhamdulillah, I have my own uh, nonprofit. Okay, really? Mashallah. Institute. Okay. Um, we will be officially launching, inshallah, this Ramadan. Mashallah. Uh, legalizing everything on last, this, just this January, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that's it. I, I do counseling, um, things of that nature, and that comes with the Imam Pro. So, mm. and that's about it, alhamdulillah. Look, I mean, you and I have an interesting history together. We'll talk about yes. that. I think a lot of people will know you from your work online. MashaAllah, on top of being a student of knowledge and being uh, a Quran reciter, a Qari, you're also a content creator, right? And I think uh, being in that space and combining that with Islamic knowledge, I think is a really cool thing. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we get into even that, Mm -hmm. I want to kind of go back to the beginning. Okay. Okay. Uh, Because some people, again, you know, I've seen it with many different artists and people where they, rem- they see you when you're famous and they see you when you're on top, but they don't really know how you got there. They don't really know the story. They don't know the struggle of how to even mm. overcome whatever challenge. I know, mashallah, you've overcome a lot, even just to be in the position you're in today. So um, if we can, I'd like to go back to the beginning and talk a little bit about your childhood. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Uh, no, bismillah. All right. So, alhamdulillah. Uh, let's begin by uh, thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Firstly, Jazakallah khair for having me, bro. It's a it's a blessing uh, to be here. Alhamdulillah. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, bro. Hey. Brooklyn, New York. We're Brooklyn. Uh, we're Brooklyn. <laughs> I have to say it. Anytime someone says Brooklyn, I got to say, we're Brooklyn. <laughs> we're Brooklyn. <laughs> right. Okay. Astaghfirullah. That's not uh, from anything halal, but anyways, we'll continue. Don't worry about that. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we lived in Staten Island mm. for most of my childhood. So New York um, kid. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But not... Really, mm. um, I moved to Florida, Tampa, Florida, when I was ten years old. Mm. So technically, I grew up in Florida. Right. Alhamdulillah. So you moved when you were ten. Yeah. So first ten years were in New York. Yes. 
What was that time like? Do you remember being in New York? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. definitely remember what that was yeah. like. I was a weird child, bro. Mm. Weird child. Um, mm. Had no friends. SubhanAllah. Um, buck teeth. Wow. Yeah, like super. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> well, everything worked out in the end. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah well, we should thank you or we should thank braces, the dentist. <laughs> bro, braces yeah. are amazing. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. But, um, yeah, so New York, I had no friends. Alhamdulillah. I had um, very, it was a very traditional childhood. Mm. A very traditional childhood. You know, my um, my parents raised me a certain way, mashallah, barakallah. And apart from that, my life didn't change drastically until until we moved to Florida. Mm. You know, like, because I was in fifth grade when we moved to Florida. So that's right. where my, my mind was, like, exposed to different things. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow, these kids are different. Well, I mean, <laughs> also New York is... It's quite an interesting place to grow yeah. up. I mean, there's obviously a lot of activity. Alhamdulillah, you know, prominent Muslim community there, quite large. Yeah. Uh, but this is after also 9-11 in New York. Yes. Right? I was in kindergarten when 9-11 took place. Wow. Yeah, I, I remember that clearly. I was eating. Do you actually remember it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you remember from 9-11? I remember I was having lunch in my classroom and it was a I was having a cheese sandwich and just two. Cheese? You even remember what you were eating? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Just okay. two slices of white bread with some cheese inside and... Wow. Um, and I just knew there was a whole bunch of chaos and commotion going on in school. All the parents were coming early to pick all the kids up. And we went home and then I watched whatever was happening on TV. Oh, and the sky was just so dark, just smoky and gray. So that's what I remember. Yeah. Were you scared? Like, did it feel like no, something no, scary no. was happening? No, it was just something I saw on TV. Mm. I didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. I clearly remember it not making any sense to me. Mm. So I wasn't really concerned about it. Mm, yeah. Family didn't talk about it. Nobody brought it up. No, no. I was way too young. I was mm. kindergarten. kindergarten. What is that like? <laughs> five. I thought they were <laughs> trying to get you ready. Like, hey, we, <laughs> we might need to change your name uh, in the next few weeks. <laughs> Frank. <Yeah. laughs> Frank Lucas. Frank. Well, that's somebody else. Frank Lucas. <laughs> <That's> is, <laughs> yeah. Frank Lucas is actually. Uh, he's like a, a drug dealer. Oh, I thought from, it was a musician uh, or something. <laughs> no, Frank. Okay, anyway, this is coming a very different Anyways, topic. But yeah, yeah, back to you. What you're saying. So, so. 9-11 in New York, because I, I, another person I speak to about, I, I asked about it, is Amara Shukri. Okay. Because Amara was living in New York at the same time, oh, right? So, funny. and he tells me about the chaos mm. that like, you know, the suspicion and how mm. there was automatic, like Islamophobia was basically invented that day, you know? Like after that point, mm. it became very clearly defined, like you are Muslim or you're with us or you're against us. And, you know, and then yeah. that's when the war on terror started, or I should mm. say the war on error they still uh, haven't found those weapons of mass destruction. Anyways, oh, yes. That's neither here nor Crazy. there. But um, did you find that before you had left, obviously you were 10 years old when you moved, yeah. did you feel like there was tension in being a Muslim in New York? I think, you know, when I thought about it as I got older, I feel like that's probably the reason I didn't have friends. I'm like, I'm like, what, six, seven? Like, even even throughout the years up to fourth grade. I, I was not, less than nine years old, right? Mm. And... When I would think about it as an adult, I'm like, why, why did I not have friends? It's not like I was a mean person. Mm. It's not like I bullied people. It's not like I was socially awkward. Mm. I mean, I probably was to some extent. I'm a little brown kid. But mm. other than that. Oh, you just look Mexican. I mean, yeah. you would be Puerto Rican or something. You would have Dominican. Like, it couldn't have been the teeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It couldn't I think, just. I don't think kids care about that kind of stuff at that yeah, age. Like, it yeah. Like, it couldn't have just been the teeth. But I was like, no, it must have been that. I think there was some form of, like, conditioning from the parents of those kids. Really? Uh, Alan was best, but. That's the only explanation to me. I'm like, why is it that nobody really likes talking to me? But like even Muslim kids, I mean, there was like you were in madrasa at that time. There was like no, no, no. I went to public school my whole life. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The only time I did, I wasn't in public school was when I was memorizing, 
which was uh but even then it was only for a short period because i was i was failing um i did seventh grade online mm. and the first semester of eighth grade online so when you say you didn't have any friends, because that sounds like a bit of an exaggeration. I'm sure there was probably like some kids, even family members, cousins, people no. that you would interact. Come on, bro. You no. didn't grow up in a cave. You weren't on I, your own. I tr trust me, like didn't have friends, which is why when I moved to Florida, hmm. it was a huge thing for me because everyone loved me. It was really nice. It was a nice feeling. Hmm. I clearly remember moving to Florida, going to first, you know, the first day of fifth grade. And I had the approach that everybody was going to treat me the way. I've always been treated something that I never spoke about to anybody like in my home or even with others. <clears throat> and um, everyone was so nice. It was it was like people liked it was just it was based on personality. Is it just New Yorkers are like mean and like I don't think that about New Yorkers, though. Oh, they are. You know that. Come on. I guess. I guess. But they're they're very open. Like everybody talks I'm just to everybody. Kidding. New Yorks are great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they're great people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to make sure I'm still good in New York. I can't uh, um, screw that up. But no, I mean, okay. So, you you felt like you didn't have friends, and I'm sure. Yeah. You you obviously experienced that feeling, right? What what in that experience, like how did that shape your personality? Like being a child. <laughs> Who didn't have friends? Yeah. How were you? Because you said you were awkward. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. what is that? What are the repercussions of not having friends but at that was age? Like, no, you had friends. I didn't have friends, but <laughs> you had friends. <laughs> you just felt like you didn't have friends. I'm your friend. I was the friend. No, no. But I, no, fair enough. I mean, if you, if you feel like you didn't have friends, then hundred percent, that's how it is. But I uh so as I got older, it it definitely impacted my confidence a lot. Mm. Confidence non existent, self esteem non existent. Um I grew up in an atmosphere. Um, where I was constantly compared. So even when I was at the masjid, like at a young age, I I was always compared to this one kid who was really good at like Quran and memorizing. Oh, I hate those kids. Oh, goodness. Oh, <laughs> so, those are the worst. So crazy. I haven't seen him since then. It'd be funny if like he watches this. <laughs> I should name drop. Anyways. Um, Muhammad. I'm just kidding. So, we don't, I mean, that's a pretty generic term. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, at a really young age, bro, not having that self-confidence or the self-esteem then complemented with jealousy mm. and hating someone just because they're better than you. You shouldn't have to know. You shouldn't know what that is at six years old, seven years old, eight years mm. old. You know, you shouldn't know what that is. But that's how I grew up. Mm. Um, my my self-confidence and self-esteem, alhamdulillah, didn't get you know chipped away at until I actually got on social media. It really forced me out of my bubble. Mm. And even then, like in college and whatnot, like people knew me, but like, you know who you are inside, you know how mm. you feel inside. So, mm. yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, just on that comparative note, you know, it's funny because I had a similar experience. Mm. Like when I was younger, like I was always being compared to cousins and oh, yeah. look at this person, <laughs> look at they're doing. And then when I got a little bit older, yeah. I became the one that they started comparing uh, their kids to. Right. They were yep. like, oh, be like, boy, now look what he's doing. <laughs> and I automatically was like, bro, don't believe the hype. Yeah. I would tell them, like, trust me, it's not all good on this side either. You know, I've, and I experienced being on that side as yep. well. That's the thing parents do. Yeah. They always yep. want to give you something to uh, aspire towards. But so you had your Islamic education, at least your early parts of it in New York. Correct? My, my parents put me into Quran at a really young age. I think I was like three years old. Huh? Yeah. Three years old? Yeah. <laughs> oh, mashallah. I or mean, if you could do it. Definitely four years old. Three, I may be pushing it, but sure. four, 100%. Like in madrasa at, at four? I was going to Quran class every day. It wow. wasn't. It wasn't like mother or some other. So it was like after school type of right, thing. Right, right, right. In the afternoons, in the evenings, I mean. Okay. And uh, I think by six, I had finished reading the whole thing. Alhamdulillah. At six years old, you had yeah. finished reading the whole Quran. Yeah. Allahu Akbar. With tajweed, like 
learning the rules of Tajweed and stuff? I don't or? think so. You were too young. No, I, no, I definitely stuff. did. I didn't know Tajweed until I was like a teenager. Mm. Um, it was a very like Desi masjid. Right. Um, but at least you got through it. You learned yeah, how to yeah. read. It was either once or one or two times I had finished reading it by six years old. Mashallah. Mashallah. Yeah. And was that something that your parents, because I mean, they clearly had to have 100%. been an influence. Yeah, right? yeah, because yeah, mm. what do I know? Like, mm. I didn't, <laughs> I don't have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you want to learn to read this book? Well, you don't even like, have friends, so why yeah, would exactly. you have an opinion? <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm yeah. kidding. I still think you did have friends, by the way. I didn't. There must have been one kid. There must I have been didn't. somebody. There, I, you were probably I, I too cool. I like the idea of it. You were probably too cool in your own bubble, oh. in your own head. There was a kid on the sideline of the playground. He wanted to hang out with you. Maybe it's that kid, Muhammad, the one we were talking about no. earlier. <laughs> no, 100%. No, me and, see, in his eyes, I know he definitely thought we were cool. <laughs> but I hated it. But <laughs> you know what? The, the funny thing is, I also feel like at times, it's the own internal perception right yes like sometimes yes. we may think and this is where confidence comes into play right yes. we may think oh somebody doesn't like me and they think i'm gonna lose so we start acting on that yes. but then later on when you ask that person like oh what did you think of me they're like oh i just i loved you but you just seemed like you were always in your own head and so that didn't carry over until i was in like high school mm. in high school i thought everybody thought i was weird i was cool with everyone right but like i was everyone's big brother mm. but i wasn't like i still thought of myself as really like the, the guy that nobody, no girl is interested in. The guy that is just weird to himself, dresses weird. Mm. Bro, I used to wear like basketball shorts with polos. Like, <laughs> I mean, like it's very like <laughs> early <laughs> 90s and yeah, hip hop exactly. inspired. <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought of that, my, you know, uh, that's how I thought of myself. But mm. I remember talking to or running into people afterwards, like in college. And I was like, what did you think of me? Mm. Um, whether it was guys or girls who I would run into afterwards, mm. right? And they would be like, we thought you were, like, too cool for us. See? I was like, what are you talking about? That's what about? I'm saying. I didn't, I didn't know that that's what I was perceived as. Mm. Um, and maybe life would have been simple. But I thank Allah. I, I was actually Allah. telling. Allah protected you. No, 100%, bro. Mm. I, I was talking to a friend the other day, and I said, me not having self-confidence or self-esteem at that age was the one of the greatest things Allah did for me. SubhanAllah. Because Allah, Allah knows best who I would have been otherwise, mm. you know? Mm. So, um, so it really Allah really protected me by not allowing me to have that self confidence or self esteem at that and age. Uh, well, and also maybe now you can experience and you because you felt like you didn't have it at that age, like yeah. you can empathize and you can help with youth that maybe going oh, through something similar. Yes. So you can really yes. you know be in their shoes as well. I don't know mm. what the question was that you asked, but I just I, went on a tangent. I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> no, we were just talking about your you know early time in school. You said you ran into this girl. You said that so you were building up your confidence. The time you spent yeah. in New York, you said yeah. from zero to ten, there was yeah. no confidence. You didn't feel. Yeah, you like asked me. Yeah, you asked me if, if I thought I did. No, no, no. So I I didn't have friends. I like I. That's what I was saying. I like the idea. There was this one kid in in school who I considered to be my best friend, mm. but it's only because he was the one who talked to me. <laughs> but when every time he had the um, opportunity to talk to other people or whatever, mm. it was like that kind of thing. Mm. But um, it was like a part-time friend. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I I like the idea of it. Mm. I thought I did, mm. um, but it just made me feel better. Well, what did you? Do? So the times when you weren't with those other kids, like what were like? Do you have any activities that kept you occupied yeah, bro, on your own? Um, I used to go ahead say it. I used to read. Okay. I used uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu -Oh, Yu -Oh, Yu -Oh, All right. I still remember like I had to have my dad. Uh, Crazy Bones. That was the one I was remembering <laughs> earlier. Crazy Bones. There was this game. Off-camera conversation. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Don't worry. Bringing it back uh, in. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, I remember my dad like he he bought me my first box of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, mm. and every weekend I'd sit under the uh, under the dining table, un unbox a new packet. 
Like mm. it was, it was like my event, bro. It was just. <laughs> was this bef- no? This is after Pokemon, so you you missed the Pokemon hype. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon yes. was my my generation. I'm yes. Than, older than you. Yeah. Yes. So you so you had some activities you did on your own, but obviously it didn't replace friends. Yeah, I I didn't I don't I don't know what that was like. I genuinely didn't know what did it was. Did you play like. any sports? Did you do any like team activities, group yeah, activities? Yeah. Uh, no, not out now, not uh, outside of school. The only thing I did was ice skating. Mm. Um, which is also quite random. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, my Brown kid on skates. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? I mean, Bro, it was great. <laughs> I mean, I thought there, was there a cricket bat involved or it was just straight ice? No, just straight. straight oh, ice. All right, that's very unique. Wow. Um, but I did. I did sports. I like basketball. Mm. I had a baseball phase. I collected baseball cards. Mm. Um, I like sports a lot. Yeah. So now you've moved to Florida. Moved to Florida. Okay. Yeah. And we well, we can maybe go back and forth in, ta- in the timeline because I'm still interested in and in even the process of learning Quran for you. Okay. Because. Was it something that, you know, you were saying you were learning, but did you really build a love of it? Was it something? Because now, mashallah, we all know you as the Quran guy, but I'm trying to figure out, like, where was that seed planted? I despise the Quran. At yeah, that age. At that age. SubhanAllah. I didn't want anything to do with it because of what it was surrounded by for me. Um, and what was that? Just comparison. Uh, comparison. Um, I wasn't. I'm not. Don't want to shade on my parents at all, by no, the way. No, 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 no. So this is not what this no, is. No, I promise. No, no. I love my parents. Alhamdulillah. promise. Um, Alhamdulillah. So that's what it was surrounded by. Comparison. Um, if I wasn't doing enough, I wasn't good enough type of thing. So I genuinely despised the Quran. I tried to just get away from it. Um, I, I remember that. I remember wow. that. You know, it's actually ironic. I think a lot of us experience that same thing. Mm. I mean, it sucks when you're in a situation where you're taught to learn the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's yeah. surrounded by hardships. Yeah. I mean, let's be frank. I used yeah. to get beat at my madrasa. Like, <laughs> that was a thing. Like... I, we were I never joking. got beat. Alhamdulillah. We were joking <laughs> off camera like, is there even such thing as a madrasa where kids don't get hit? Because it just seems like that's mm. the standard protocol in a mm. lot of these places. And it's mm. like so foreign now when we think mm. about it. Like, first of all, why would you hit a child? Like, he's like half your size. He can't yeah. fight back. And instead, <laughs> you're doing it because he's not learning the Quran the way at the, at the p- speed that you would wish he would. Like, how is that going to build any love? Or, or you Bro, know, that's the worst terbiya. It completely, tarbiyah. completely gets rid of what this religion is mercy imagine a child associating the words of allah with i get beat when i touch that thing that's a, that was my experience by the way that's crazy I actually and i think now that you're saying your your side of it like i also had trauma from my quran experiences where mm-hmm. it made me actually not want to get close to the quran as well yeah. so i think i can i can relate with you on that yeah it was um bro i've, I've seen i never got beat alhamdulillah mm-hmm. i've seen people get beat I've seen like bamboo sticks cracked on people's backs. Oh, we got bamboo sticks. We had coat hangers. Bro, belts. Belts. It's crazy. Uh, Brooms. Now that I think about it, though, I'm like, this child is 11. What are you doing? You know? (laughs) Grown men. Like breaking sweat, beating kids. Yes. Because they mispronounced, you know, the end of a surah or something. It's like, come on. Bro, I even, I went to uh, Pakistan for three months. Mm. Um, I'm half Indian, half Pakistani. MashaAllah. My mom's Gujarati. My dad is Punjabi. I mean, it's uh, kind of the same thing. I guess. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad joke. To us, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> very close. Ethiopian yes, yeah. Somali is the same thing. I mean, <laughs> Ethiopian, Eritrean, I, I won't split hairs. It is kind of the same um, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, what was I saying? You were um, saying that uh, you went to Pakistan? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but by the way, my mom, she was a, she was Hindu before she met my dad. Wow. Yeah, your mom is actually a convert. MashaAllah. Yes, yes. MashaAllah. So, um, I went to Pakistan for three months, and even in Pakistan, where like 
You get beat, beat. Mm. I didn't get beat there either, alhamdulillah. I guess I, I was like the American kid, like, don't touch him. Yeah, he's got like, a blue passport. Stay away. <laughs> exactly. He's got the embassy on the on speed dial. <laughs> he's going to end us. <laughs> he's going to get us canceled. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you went there to learn Quran specifically, or? I went there to memorize, but they put me, like, way back, and they wanted me to learn their style. I'm like, this ain't it. So, mm. um, well, I was there for three months. and Okay. With, like, with their dialect. and. Um, oh, like Walazalin? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, okay. I left three months later. So was it something that when you, you realized like, oh, maybe the recitation here or the style of teaching is a little bit different? It's something that like what, what made you want to I leave? think I just told my dad I didn't want to go back. I don't remember that really. I don't really remember that part of my life. There's a lot of parts of my life I don't actually remember. Wow. I remember the very, very, very early ones. Like I remember what I ate the day 9-11 happened. Maybe you were beat in madrasa. But it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> they beat the memories but out of you. It was, um, I sucked that Quran. So you know how people say like right. when you, yeah. people who are uh, kids who are younger, they memorize better. Hmm. That's not true for everyone. That so? wasn't the case for me. Mm. I was horrible at it. Mm. Horrible. Because once I finished reading, my dad was like, do you want to memorize it? I don't ha I know what that means, but mm. I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, so I said yes. And it was the most difficult thing on the planet. I was seven, maybe. What was the hard part? The memorizing? or It wouldn't stick. Mm. It just wouldn't stick. I remember clearly like I was doing uh, Surah Al-Qari'ah, right? Mm. Um, and mind you, I enjoyed it before this. Before this, I would sit with the Quran on my own. I would like just open it even when I couldn't read it, right? And I really, I really enjoyed it. But the moment it became a task and it became a chore that I was being held accountable for, although I wanted to do it on my own will, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. That's how mm. it was all my school life too. Mm. <laughs> but um, um, I remember I was doing Al-Qari'ah, Mal-Qari'ah, Wa Ma Adaraka, Mal-Qari'ah. That was my whole lesson for the day, okay? And like 70% of it is the same word repeated, mm. right? Yeah. So I worked on it all day, bro, all day. And then I go to my teacher mm. and I just had to recite that line to him. Those three verses. Mm. I didn't know it. It was so difficult for me. So oh. I restarted like officially when I was 12 years old mm. and yeah, 12 years old. Um, and I did most of it in Tampa and I went to Atlanta for six months. I did boarding school at uh, Masha Farouk. Oh wow! Yeah, so let's talk about that that part now. So you're 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 studying, you're learning Quran. Uh -huh. Are you feeling like there's pressure from your parents to learn it, or is it something that you're kind of like, well, it's not bad. I enjoy it. I can see. Like, did you was there any silver lining in this process at all? Did you at any point enjoy it? <laughs> I enjoyed it at a young age because I got attention for it. Mm. I got attention for it. So mind you, somebody who's never had friends, right? <laughs> It was a, it was Nobody likes him. All of a sudden, they like him because right. of this thing. It was a form of validation. Yes. So mm. there, there was the birth of my ego. Wow. You know, so um, that's, I had, you know, as I got older, my teachers, you know, noticed it in me. They mm. really got on me for it, mm. really angry at me for it. Really? Um, at a really young age, alhamdulillah. So they, they taught me to be mindful of it and knock it out, inshallah. Did you always have a nice voice? That's what people said. Oh, that's a fitna. <laughs> you see? Say mashallah barakallah. No, I'm saying it's a that's you know, some so many of us like the only people who enjoy my singing are the jinn. I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to hear me sing, right? So that's Allah's protected me from poetry, that. Poetry, bro. Alhamdulillah, through poetry, yes, yeah. I've had an audience. But I'm They're saying, like, like, don't sing, just rhyme. Yeah, but you know, singing is its own like fitna. Like yes. if you have a nice voice and yes. you know, it does you right, there is that additional attention and focus and something unfairly so. It's not like you know, you're doing anything wrong. Clearly you're doing something beautiful, yeah. but it's like there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Yes. Um, I 
What was the question, bro? Well, I'm asking about like the pressure of being a young student who has a beautiful voice of reciting. Like, do you felt as nah. if did you ever feel as if there was additional burden placed on you? Like, oh, he's got a nice voice. He has to lead Salah. We have to, you know, make him recite before no, the event. I enjoyed that. Mm. I enjoyed it. Being put on a pedestal like that mm. at such a young age. It wasn't just <clears throat> it wasn't just the validation and the attention. Obviously, my ego was being fueled, but it was also um, what really kicked in as I got older and more cognizant of what it was was happening to my heart and mind, by the grace of Allah, that I, the hip, the what's it called? What, what imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, I am not Jack. Like I, mm. I was I was nothing. I had nothing. You know. Mm. And I'm like, I've just I've been built up on the praise of people and built up on what people think of me or what I like that people think of me, you know? So I would actually, no, I would, I would, I remember like with the other kids, I would, um, like in Tampa, I would fight to like get the mic for then, you know, like mm. I really liked, I was a fiend for attention. Wow. Yeah. So when did you notice that shift in terms of people's perception? Like, you know, you came into Tampa being this really shy kid. You apparently have no friends and nobody likes you. And all of a sudden <laughs> you're the guy running for the mic. So we're like, what changed in that? Was it that you started getting that external validation? You Did you, so there's something in your heart and in your mind change to say, you know, maybe I am like a cool person. You maybe. mean where, it, where, it, uh, what got me to go for that? Yeah. Like grab like, the mic and yeah, stuff? Yeah. Like what changed? Um, It was probably just the... Mo the the push of the people around me, you know the uncles or whatever, and they were like, oh, like you know, is it azan then? They're like, let him do azan, right? Mm. And um, that was it. Obviously, I was very probably very shy in the beginning, and then just the repeated practice and like just wanting to get better, you know, because mm. what what it, what that created, what my childhood created was, if I wasn't the best at something, then what's the point? <clears throat> that was something I had to really un you know focus on as an adult. Mm. Because um, if I wasn't the best, then I wasn't worthy, or I wasn't deserving of doing it. Subhanallah. Yeah, and as I got older, I got really scared mm -hmm. because it reminded me of Iblis. I was like, "Yo, this is like Iblis syndrome. Like mm. I, I sound like him. Like if people don't like me the most for something, I don't like it. It would really get to me, you know. Um, so that was something that was a very big challenge. Mm. Yeah. When did you begin to? realize that this was something you needed to work on this, this internal dilemma of feeling like you know you got to keep yourself and your ego in check it was something that was made clear to me at at like 12 years old my teacher he mellow bless him man he he threw a pen at me mm. that was the most violent violence the amount of violence i've gotten from a mm. from a uh, from Not a teacher bad, just a pen. Uh, nothing <laughs> yeah but we had never seen him mad mm. and he blew up on me we thought he was joking and um i i uh, I thanked him for that like a decade later when mm. I ran it. I saw still, him again. Still in touch with him? Yeah, alhamdulillah. Oh, Not very vaguely, but mm. I saw him like after 10, 12 years. Mm. And I, I brought that story up to him. He was like, dude, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a regular Tuesday. I don't know. <laughs> so, what you going on about? So from that moment, it was, it was in the back of my head. I didn't get back with the Quran until I started my social media. I was mm. actually hopping off of social media. That was like my, oh man. Uh, I guess I'll say this, but that was like my selfie phase, right? So I was like, I'm getting off of, uh, I'm getting off of social media. Mm. And um, one of my friends who, for some reason, he was my friend. I don't know why he was my friend, but he was from the UK, mm. right? He was like, why don't you make a page for Quran recitations? And I was like, yeah, sure. So right, at that time, you were not like sharing your Quran. No. Were you leading Salah? Were you? Yeah, here and there. Uh, my one of my other teachers, he's now in Houston, mm. who's in Tampa. He um, 
he I would recite with him. So he had a YouTube channel. And so it was probably through him that this guy came across me and then followed me. And I was probably posting like something, I guess, here and there. But mm. I don't remember what I was just probably posting my life. Mm. So I was like, this is pointless. I'm getting rid of the social media. Mm. And he said, no, just post Quran recitations. I was like, all right, that's purposeful. So let me do that. Mm. I actually ran into him like last year mm. after a decade. I was, I was in London at a random ice cream shop in, in, in Covent Garden. And he's in the shop with me. And I was like, so random. He ran, he recognized me, right? He had changed so much, but I was like, oh my gosh, bro, it's you. I was like, you get the reward for every single thing I've ever posted. Allahu Akbar. Isn't that crazy? Allahu Akbar. Just like, if we just put that into context, right? The video of mine uh, that most people know me for Mm. is the dua video that happened when I was on Hajj. Mm. I was in the Rawla and I was, I made a uh, video about dua, right? So that really blew up. Mm. I didn't know it had blown up until I was like at the airport and on the plane and people were like, oh, you're the dry guy. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's a great thing to be known for. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. But um, that video alone, okay, I think currently is almost at like 500,000 likes. Mm. Okay. Mashallah. Barakallah. Mashallah. Where I'm talking about telling people, don't give up in dua. Don't lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gets the reward for each and every single one Allah of Allah. those people who benefited from that video. That Allah used that video to benefit. Alhamdulillah. That's amazing to me. It's beautiful. So, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, there's one guy, Sudani brother, mashallah, shout out to him, uh-huh. okay, who encouraged me to pray. And literally, because of uh-huh. him, I started praying. Mashallah. And I think to myself the same thing. I'm like, this brother just walking around, living his life, mashallah, yeah. and just hasanat, hasanat, yeah. just coming on his yeah. on his scales. Subhanallah. You know, that's the beauty of the, beauty of our deen. Yeah. If you guide someone to khair and you guide someone to yeah. goodness, you have the reward similar to the one who has done it. Yes. So that should be a testament for all of us to keep, you yeah. know, going out there and encouraging people. Because you never know. Subhanallah. Yeah. You never know what change can happen yeah. from that. His name was, his, I'll drop his name. His name was Dhul Qarnayn. Dhul Qarnayn. Yeah. Allahu Akbar. Allah Mala. bless our brother Dhul Qarnayn, mashallah. Amin. Make all his uh, efforts heavy on his scale oh, of good deeds, inshallah. Oh, bro, all it did was, I'm just, I'm just bigged up by that right now. Like, all it said was, nah, bro, post Quran. That one sentence. Subhanallah. One sentence. I never planned, like, doing that online and stuff. But That's amazing how he yeah. inspired you. And now, obviously, you know, so from, from the time of posting that video, yeah. a lot has changed. Yes, how many years ago was that? I started when I was 18. So that's what you asked me. Mm. I was going off on tangents, bro. No, I'm sorry. All, we love tangents here. So, it's all good. So yeah. the, it, it, was a, it was a very lengthy process, bro. It's just, I would say now at this point in my life, alhamdulillah, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me the most awareness about who I really am, you know? Mm. And I'm so grateful to him for it. January 2022, Mm-hmm. That Umrah trip is the trip that my life changed completely. Like Allah changed Faisal. Really? Yeah. 2022? Yeah. Just like a year ago. Yeah. Well, now you got to tell us what happened on that in trip. In the last year and a half that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made me into in the mm. last year and a half, mm. okay, is more than what ha- took place in the 10 years before that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, bro, we we need the beans, bro. <laughs> spill them. Was, what what happened in that that Umrah trip? Was oh, it, it was bro. That's a lengthy story. That's uh, a that's we a, got all day. That's a big story. But um, Bismillah. All right, I'll I'll tell you. But to just finish answering your question, what was my question? I forgot. Uh, I forgot what question was. At what at what point at what age or did you start realizing that you have things yes. you need to take care of yes, in your yes, heart yes. and your stuff like that? So, mm-hmm. bro, purification of the heart was is the biggest thing for me. It, all this means nothing yeah. if that isn't okay. Imagine showing up in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment and he says to you, yeah, all that stuff you did online, it was for the people. 
You got you got what you wanted there. You got the attention. You got the followers. You got the praise. You got the fame. What did you bring for me? Like, imagine that, bro. That's scary, bro. That would hurt. Imagine. Allah protect you, man. Allah protect all of us. I mean, I mean. So that was something that you said. Because that's, I mean, for people that don't know, that's yeah. one of the categories. We know that's a yes. hadith about that, right? Like, yes. Um, you know, a person who recites the Quran for other people. It goes on more categories. A person who gives charity so that other people can yeah. say they're generous. But a person who recites the Quran so that other people can <sighs> praise them. You know, it's that's yeah. why I said having a beautiful voice is yeah. a fitna. It's a test. I think what I do, bro, excuse me, what Allah has allowed me to do revolves around two of those. Two uh, It's three things. Two of out of three of those, I fit the category for that. The one who recites the Quran. so that, mm. And then obviously the opposite side is so that people can say wow what a beautiful voice he has and another yeah. person and that was the one who sought knowledge so that people could say oh, look he's so knowledgeable and so it's 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 scary bro it's i asked scary. i asked um i asked yq uh when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed me to go to tennessee from yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i asked him this question he, i don't know if he remembers because mm. intention was something that i was really struggling with not necessarily just rectifying it but mm-hmm. just how can i feel secure how can I feel safe? Yeah. And his advice, Alhamdulillah, mashallah, barakallah, changed my life. Mm. He said, don't worry about it. Just rectify your intention, but have a relationship with Allah that nobody knows about. Have a relationship with Allah that nobody knows about so that when you show up before him, it's not what you did online that you're standing in front of Allah, Allah with. with Allah you get what I'm saying? This is the beauty of, you know, I mean, there's many hadith about that. You give in charity so yeah. that your left hand doesn't know or your right hand doesn't yeah. know what your left hand is doing. Or yeah. I might be by first, but maybe I'm mixing it up. Yeah. But like, of course, we're encouraged yeah. to do the private ibadat, yeah. to stand in the night and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yeah. to fast on the yeah. Mondays and Thursdays and uh, all those times because that's a way of us Keeping ourselves in check. Yeah. And, and the Prophet said, Allah Akbar. Actions are according to their intention. You know, the intention is the place that I, for me as well, by the way, that's one category that I'm super terrified about. Mm. It's something that it's so hard to, it's, how do you even manage your intention? Yeah. How do you even like, how do you even know what's inside of your heart? Because sometimes yeah. you lie to yourself. And I'm not saying you, I'm saying all of us. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I will tell myself like, oh, it's fine. Like, you know, you got a good intia, you got a good nia, you got a good intention. Like, yeah. just go out and do it. But then, you know, my actions might not necessarily complement that feeling, right? Like, I might say things or do things in that moment that make me realize and second guess <coughs> myself. Like, am I really doing this for mm. a sincere, you know, purpose? Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that as a student of knowledge, as a, as a public figure, I'm sure you're always constantly having to battle. Um. More so because of the social media, bro. Yeah, like of it, it doesn't even matter. Like if you're what you're posting, that's a, that's a big thing, right? As Muslims, we all should be aware and cognizant of what am I posting and mm-hmm. putting out there for the world to see. Even if your profile is private, right? Mm-hmm. You just have whatever those two hundred people you follow, eighty people that you follow or follow you back, mm-hmm. right? And you're posting, you know, just pictures of your life, pictures of you in a certain way, or uh, videos of you doing something that you shouldn't necessarily be proud of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we got to be cognizant of what we put out there. That's one thing. That's the, like the surface level thing, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to social media, I bro, sometimes I catch myself. Um, I try to post once a day, right? Like mm-hmm. I post daily, right? Some piece of benefit, right? There'll be instances where, and I make I make a dua before I post, Allah right? Akbar. But every single post I make a dua, right? Uh, I'll tell you what that dua is. But um, I found myself posting to keep the engagement li- alive. I was like, oh. What is this? Oh, that's the algorithm. You're it, working, it, you're it working was, in the system. It was so subtle. Mm. I was like, where did this come from? Like, it, I, I was there and I posted and I was like, mm. what was that? Like, I posted because I want to keep the engagement alive. Like, my account's on fire right now. Like, let's mm. keep, let's, let's boost this flame up. That's what I was focused on. Right. And then I had to check it. I was like, all right, how can we, how can we make this positive? 
right? So I said to myself, and mind you, this is not from me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed me to think like this, Allah, right? So I said to myself, all right, cool. We're, we're concerned with the engagement. All right, bet. So the better the engagement, the higher the engagement, inshallah, the more people benefit, inshallah, the more reward I get. And the more good deeds I have on my scale on the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. Maybe this more opportunities, more engagement, more equals more people, equals more blessings and uh, people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala benefited, which means more benefit for me. Of course. You know, and more hasanah for me in areas and in lineages and families that I don't even Law know anything Law about. Law right? Law. Just mm. I, I, on the way here, actually, before I got on the flight, mm. I was reading a comment on one of a video that I made a year ago. Mm. And it wasn't a video where I was preaching or anything. I was just sharing a regular da'a, mm -hmm. right? And something that you read in the morning and evening. And this brother commented on it and he was like, I came across this video a year ago, okay? I said the da'a with you and the next day I took my shahada. Allah, Allah. I was Allah. like, what? Allahu Akbar. The, uh, the video was me t uh, talking about the da'a, Hasbi Allah, la ilaha illahu alayhi tawakkalt wa huwa rabbul arash al-azim. Okay? Mm. Saying that seven times in the morning and evening. This is how you know it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. Nothing to do with us. What does that have to do with taking nothing. shahada? Nothing. Allah utilized that video Wallahi. for this brother to take shahada. Wallahi. Uh, bro, <laughs> if you start trying to dissect the hikmah of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places things yep. in the universe, how yep. something as simple as somebody coming across that sparks something in their heads. Yep. They go back and they learn that, actually, we can't tie these connections yep. together. It doesn't make sense to us. This is yep. beyond our scope of knowledge. Yep. But this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides people. Yep. And if we can be a source of khair and we can even be a part of that equation, wallahi, it's a big yep. benefit for us. Yep. You know, And I always remind myself and the brothers, like, this is way bigger than us. The work that yeah. you're doing, spreading the Qur'an, spreading the deen, being online, being in that capacity. This is something that we are Rasul of Rasulullah. We are just carrying on his message, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? We are just, whatever part of this equation we can contribute to, because ultimately he dies from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. What an honor, bro. What, what a blessing. Honor. Whether that be in the form of poetry, whether that be in the form of short recordings, like speaking, whatever it is. Bro, this is, this is a beautiful thing. Allah chooses to use us like that. Alhamdulillah. He, doesn't, he didn't have to. He didn't have he to, He didn't have to utilize you like that. He didn't have to utilize me like that. Bro, we could have been doing a lot of other worse yeah. things as well. And Allah he, could, he can replace us like this. May Allah continue to use us, bro. I mean, ya Rab. And not replace us. I mean, ya Rab. I mean, that's the scary part too, because you're right. We can be replaced very quickly. Ain't nothing special about you and me, bro. Nothing. He just nah. chose to utilize Bona like that. He chose to <sighs> utilize Faisal like that. And it hurts too because I feel like there's so much more I could do with my yeah. time and my yeah. like I feel like, you know, the the part that hurts to me is like, wow, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided these people and, and brought khair through this action. What if I would have done an even better job? What if yes. I would have not, you know, woken up late and come to, you know, yeah. work? Like if I would have taken my task more seriously, right? Mm -hmm. Like it hurts to know that the impact I could have had. Yeah. If I would have even, you know, and that's when you do something with ihsan, or like when you do something purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why when you're doing this work, the work of da'wah, like yeah. we have to do it with a level of excellence yes. because we don't know the impact it can have. And people people don't realize that it's not necessarily the, the people who are at the mic or in front of the camera or on stage. It's it's something as, it, bro, even even you, bro, behind the camera. Yeah. Like, there's nobody here. We just empty room. <laughs> <laughs> We got Jonathan behind the camera. Yeah, shout, yeah, out yeah. shout out to Jonathan. Y'all make dua for Jonathan. Even being behind the camera, dedicating your time to film something like this, mm. or just, and going because we're not doing nothing with this video. He's gonna edit it. Well, can I tell you something? I kind of envy the people behind the scenes more mm. because then you don't have to deal with the fitna of this stuff, right? Like yeah. it's not about you. Then, and yeah. that's why actually I do a lot of stuff. Not not a lot of stuff, but I yeah. do stuff behind the scenes as well yeah. with supporting artists and, and trying to get their voice out, amplify yeah. the work they're doing. Yeah. 
because it also helps purify my own intentions because I know then it's not about my face. It's not about yeah. people giving me praise or congrats. Yes. They don't even know what I've done. Yeah. And that to me is the best kind of good deed, right? Yeah. The one that you don't have to brag to anybody about. It just It's already being put in your good deeds. Bro, sometimes I'll sit there and on the days where like I feel like my head is getting big, mm. right? Uh, and this is a daily conversation. I have to check in with myself. Uh, and I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing me to, or putting it in me to think like that. Right? Self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. Like evaluate yourself, mm. and there are days where I'll sit there and I'll talk down to myself. Not like <laughs> <laughs> you have no friends. <laughs> Something wrong with you, you smelly kid. No, no, come on, don't, don't come on. Like, be gentle. No, no. no. So uh. I mean, what I mean is like you know how I said there's nothing special about you. Right, right. There's nothing special. Allah chose to use us. Yeah. Right. I will sit there and I'll repeat that. There's nothing special about you. There's nothing special about you. There's nothing about you that makes you capable of doing this. Wow. You sit there insulting yourself. Essentially. <laughs> It's a reality <laughs> check. Well, I mean, it's very if, interesting. If, if yeah, the yeah, head yeah. is getting big, Subhanallah. I, like yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. humble yourself. You gotta you deflate that bubble. Sometimes. I'm not. Ins I'm not insulting myself, right, but I'm. Right. It's like it's not about you. It's Faisal. a reality check. Yeah, it's not about you. Mm. Even that skill you have, even that whatever it is that Allah's given you that enables you to do the thing you're doing online, He gave you that. What, what did you do for that? Allah. Nothing. Allah. There's nothing special about you. Allah gave you a gift, chose to utilize you in a way to where He manifested that gift mm. in that which you do. Mm. And that's it. What did you actually have to do with it? Alhamdulillah, Allah gives us the choice to like put the effort in, right? Mm. But even that effort was by his will. Allahu Akbar. So Allahu Akbar. I sit there and I tell myself, there's nothing special about you. You didn't do nothing for this. Mm. It's not like, oh, you're ex you have this extra quality. Allah gave you that quality, bro. Mm. Humble yourself. <laughs> Check yourself. So I talk to myself like that. Mm. Um, because I'm scared, bro. I'm scared of that. Well, how, how do you deal with the online side of things? I know, like, look, we can be candid, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, being an online, being in the online space, yeah. it can be, you know, there's yeah. a lot of t tests and fitness that comes with that, right? Um, especially as a young man. I mean, we know whether it's women, whether it's fame, whether it's money, like these yeah. things are constantly, you yeah. know, pr like presenting themselves to you. Yeah. What was your methodology early on in terms of having to keep yourself in check? Um, so early on, I had a very superficial understanding Right. Mm. Uh, obviously, I, I was I tried to I tried to be mindful and watchful of uh, the things that my teachers made me wary of, like what was wrong with me. But social media opened up a whole nother world, bro. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that stuff was out there. Mm. I didn't I didn't you know, that spectrum of where people are and yeah. how they've developed. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how deep that spectrum runs, bro. People are very interesting. Mm. And I <laughs> for for to be kind. But mm. uh, in the beginning, it was very difficult. Um, in the sense where I'll be honest, I'll be honest, I didn't have it as bad as others. Alhamdulillah, I'm not talking about from like an ego or type of a place. I'm talking about what one receives. So Alhamdulillah, people don't believe this. Alhamdulillah, I didn't have like ugly fitna mm. coming my way. No haters in the comments. I'm not talking about that. I'm oh. talking about like oh other stuff. Yes, right, right, sure. I didn't have that ugliness. Mm. Um, that started actually. Shaitan's trying to, you know, tempt me with that stuff now. Wow. And this is something that, honestly, bro, I don't care. I'm going to say it. Because mm. um, we need to check ourselves, right? And this isn't something that happens to me, mm. right? It's happened to me twice now, alhamdulillah. Mm. Not more than that, okay? Mm. But people, young men especially, and young sisters, right, who are in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the spotlight, bro, they get weird stuff. Mm. Whether it be profanity, whether it be derogatory and objectifying the other person, mm -hmm. whether it be nude, uh, nudity, right? Mm. Whatever it may be, people get it, right? Mm. We in this in the sphere get it. Mm. 
But I want you to just think about that for a second. Some, like, if I receive something like that, right, in my DMs, right, which is why I, I'm not the only one who has access to my account. Mm. I have a team. It's like, I'm not, I'm, take that pressure off of me. And Some I'm not aunties getting all these uh, <laughs> nudes being sent to your account. So Please don't send them anymore. This is inappropriate. How so long? I, I, imagine, like, mm. a Muslim sister who sat there just because she was infatuated with me or grew a liking to whatever persona of me she f she finds online, mm. right? She sees that and she f she says, I'm going to send him this. Isn't that crazy? That's because you because you recited the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? The reason I'm saying this is because uh. we have flaws. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? That they don't even, they can't even begin to comprehend. Okay. Mm. One, the stuff that we struggle with as it already is by being online itself yeah. Yeah. is enough. Don't give us that nonsense. Please. Don't mm. give us extra stuff to be questioned by Allah with. Mm. And may Allah allow us to be from those who just enter Jannah without any questioning. But bare minimum, mm. let's actually have a standard. Mm. Let's actually have a standard. Let's have a base where it's like, you know what? No, no nudity. You know what? No, I'm not going to hit on the brother. I'm not going to hit on the sister. And, and men and women have their own things, right? Mm. Women think there's a way to allure a man who's not necessarily a man, he's a boy, right? If you can get mm. allured like that, you're not a man, mm. straight up. Mm. If, you're a, if you're a brother who speaks a certain way to his sister, right? You're not a man. Mm. If you're a sister who speaks to a brother a certain way because you think that's what a real man wants, you're not a woman yet. Mm. You don't understand this, right? So all, all I'm saying this for is let's have a standard with one another at least. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, excuse me, a quality in our religion that is very, very heavily rewarded mm. is love for one another, Allahu Akbar. right? If you love me and you like what I do online and you like what someone else does online, mm. right? Don't send them that stuff. If you truly love them because mm. of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enables them to do online, mm. go ahead, love them. Wow. Don't send them that stuff. The Prophet وسلم, said on the day of judgment, this is one of my favorite hadith, bro. On the day of judgment, actually, I'll say another one first. Wallahu fi'aun al abdi ma kan al abdu fi'auni akhi. And Allah is there for the matters of his slave. So long as that slave is there for the matters of his brother or she's there for the matters of her sister. Mm. Okay? What better matter can we be there for than your faith and my faith? What better matter can I be there for you for than mm. your faith, bro? Allah Looking Allah. out for your iman. Mm. Look out for my iman. Look out for other people's iman online. Don't send them these kind of things. Mm. And the Prophet said, on the Day of Judgment, there's going to be a group of people. He was sitting with the Sahaba and he says to them, for this group of people, lahum manabir min nur. For them, there will be pillars of light. Allah. Okay, and he tells the Sahaba, the prophets and the martyrs will be in awe of these people. Okay, mm. and the Prophet ﷺ, when he says this is a Sahaba, the Sahaba go, Ya Rasulullah, why? <laughs> mm. How are the prophets and the martyrs in awe of these people? What's so special about them? And more importantly, how can we be from these people? Mm. That's where our mind should go, yeah, right? Of course. So the Prophet ﷺ said, these people loved others for no other sake but the sake of Allah, Allah okay Allah. for his glory mm. what does that mean we say that a lot like I love you for the sake of Allah what does that mean right the Prophet said there was no financial transaction between them and there was no ties of family between them no, no, no blood ties no ties of kinship between them mm. what they did for that individual or what they were there for that individual excuse me for that individual for mm. or whatever matter they sorted or whatever concern they had for that individual was solely because I love you because you're a slave of Allah. Allahu Akbar. 
We need to have a standard, bro. Allah. We need to have a standard. We have to look out for each other's iman. We can't be like testing each other's iman, bro. That's shaitan's job. Let him do it. Mm. Don't <laughs> don't come at me like that. You know? It's crazy. I mean, because I've been doing this a long time. And I, nobody sent me any of that kind of Alhamdulillah. stuff. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm just wondering, like, what am I doing wrong? Let us know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was too... It caught me off guard. No, no. But look, that's okay. Talk about inappropriate. I've never had it. I've been on, on, no, on no, Instagram I, for a decade. I, I'm joking about it, but it's obviously a, a He's joking, issue. I'm joking. I'm joking about it. No, don't no. Take him seriously. But it's the thing that I'm very serious about now is the fact that like being a person of, of knowledge and being in those spaces, right? Like you would think the infatu infatuation with you would be positive. It would be for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why uh -huh. else would I be following you? Mm -hmm. Would I be following you other than the fact that you love Allah and I love yes. Allah, right? Yes, yes, yes. So the, the ironic part to me is that like, why would that energy be mixed with something else? Like, why would you bring that type of behavior or that type of like, you know, whether it's, you know, like you said, if it's sexual in nature or whatever, those yeah. types of like temptations, why would you bring that to a space like this? We're talking about bettering ourselves and becoming people who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, it's just ironic that those two things can even exist in the same space. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't judge these people. Mm. I know where I come from. I know who I've been. I know who I am now. Okay. Mm. I don't judge them. Right. The reason I'm saying it is solely for that for that purpose. I understand there's a lot of us out here who are damaged. Okay. And our perception of what will allow us to be valued or wanted is misconstrued. It's just completely flawed and, and skewed. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, with those messages, it'll right underneath. It'll say, will you marry me? So I'm like, you're trying to pursue the halal. <laughs> but. But you're sending me this. Oh, that's so funny. It doesn't make sense, yeah. right? But then I, I, I feel for the person. Yeah. I'm like, this is what time. you think men want. Yes. Sister, yes. If you, if this is not what men want. This is not what a real man wants. This is not the, what the right type of guy would want. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that does work on a certain type of guy, 100%. right? That's the problem is that but there you are... you don't want that. Yeah, you don't Sisters, want you don't want that. Brothers, you don't want a sister like that. No. So, you like, don't want someone who's willing to expose themselves to you before marriage. And, and he tell you, hey, this is what I want to do. It's like, come on. like that. You want to marry that type of person? Like, subhanAllah. Yeah. How can you feel secure? How can you feel confident in yourself that they're yeah. not doing that to other people once you guys are even married? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... I mean, this conversation is taking a very weird it twist. Has. Let's go back yeah, where we were. Let's, let's talk more about the Quran, shall we? Um, well, no, I mean, look, this is a very important topic. And I think this has to do more with the reality of the da'wah. The reality of not just now, we talked about your journey as a student learning yeah. and studying, right? But then yeah. there's the, the other side of it, which is what happens when you have the knowledge, right? Now yeah. you're being tested. Now you're put in situations where you're forced to put that knowledge into action. Mm. So this is a great example of that, where you are now being taught like, hey, I have to make sure that I'm protected. I have to make sure that there's this barrier between me and these types of people, if this is the type of energy they're coming with, right? But the other side of it is, and I, I, again, we're speaking candid, because I want, I want to talk about this, that being in the spotlight and having that level of celebrity, there are some people in our field that <laughs> I won't... I, <laughs> Well, oh. look, I won't say he's names, okay? He said that level of celebrity. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, there are. There are people that yeah. are, you know, miniature celebrities, whatever you want uh -huh. to call them, uh -huh. right? There are some people who very clearly you can see how external temptations and, um, you know, the the whole fitna that comes along with, like I said, having a nice voice. Even just, I always, by the way, I've always found that, like, for Qur'a, it's, I find it difficult for them. I find, like, there's a level of, you know, because it's like everyone wants to be... You know, they, they want to have a beautiful voice. They want to pray behind a person who has a beautiful voice. Like, that never goes out of fashion. No, we doesn't. pray five times a day. Like, you <laughs> always want that guy in the front, you know? So there's a constant level of pressure. And I find sometimes the Qur'an are, are put in situations where, like, 
they may not even have the love of the Quran themselves. It could be something where they just simply have a beautiful voice, right? Some people, they just, Allah has gifted them with this, but yeah. it hasn't really penetrated their hearts. You know, yeah. and it's like a parrot, you know, just saying something, but they don't really value the words in the same way. How does somebody who's in that space protect themselves from even having those types of doubts or having those types of feelings where like, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm just here for the money or maybe I'm just here because I have a beautiful voice. Like how, if, if somebody does find themselves in that circumstance, like what do they do? Something that I didn't have until very recently was a mentor, right? Mm. Um, I didn't have teachers who I could turn to. And I don't mean like, oh yeah, I'm cool with so-and-so. I mean, you genuinely yeah, have yeah. someone who you could turn to at any time of the day or night mm-hmm. and um, seek their... You know, make mashura with them. Just mm-hmm. seek their guidance. Um, and so right off the bat, that's a big one. Teachers, mentors, right? Other than that, um, sorry, on that note, teachers and mentors will also hold you accountable. And they will teach you accountability and ownership. That's, I think, one of the biggest things that, that we lack mm. as individuals. Ownership and accountability. Not just for the things that we do and say, but for who we actually are. That's not conversations that people are ready to have, right? And But if you're somebody who's online... That's mm. a conversation you need to have with yourself on the regular. You need to like get dirty with yourself and just be like, yeah, you're messed up. <laughs> you mm. have issues that these are it. This is what you need to fix. Mm. Ownership and accountability. Get very familiar with those two, two traits. Otherwise, mm. it's a very, very steep, slippery slope. And do, you, do you think somebody who's in that space or in that, in that headspace, I should say, should they even put themselves out there in that capacity? Like, That's a beautiful question. Because, mm. see... When it came to the people before us, right, they did not do it because they were going to get a fan base. Yeah. There's right? <laughs> that wasn't even a, a thing. It wasn't a concept. Yeah. But you'll see people, young people now, you know, uh, guide us all and reward them for their aspirations. I've heard people say, like, I'm studying because I want to be able to give, you know, lectures on stage in front of all these people. And, you know, no, <laughs> no, the intention is not to have a following and give lectures on stage. I've heard people say that. Like, I'm studying so I can be like YQ. I'm studying so I can be like Namali Khan. I want to be like Omar Suleiman. Okay, but there's things underneath this, right? That's just like what but you... Isn't, s- isn't that... Is that a bad intention to have? Is that a bad thing to say? Change it. Just don't be like... Because mm. we, we live in a, in, a, in a world where everybody... You know, like, there was a... Remember, like, like when you came onto social media, right? Mm. Back in... Uh, when it was all black and white. Yeah. <laughs> It was what the was di- the purpose? Well, well, back then it was dial-up internet, right? So it was... <laughs> Only Jonathan knows what I'm talking about. I know what that is, bro. <laughs> Listen, I was on MySpace. People don't even know about my... I was po- crazy. Dude, I was popping on MySpace. Where are you? I actually had... It was me, Tom. It was a whole bunch of us. I was killing on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was clear, right? There was a clear distinction. You were on social media for one of two reasons. Mm. You were either somebody who's doing some serious work, and this is how people can keep up with you, mm-hmm. or... You just had it for the sake of having it. Yeah, just to connect with friends, family. But sure. now everybody wants to be a somebody. Yeah. And the way you become a somebody is by who you, what your follower count is like, mm. right? So, in the t- in 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 the time of our pre- uh, you know pious predecessors, mm-hmm. that wasn't a thing. Mm. Imam Ahmed didn't become big because he studied a lot, and then boom, all of a sudden, like people are like flying out <laughs> to his talks. Bro, yeah. Imam Ahmed would f- you know come to a town, mm. and they don't know what he looked like. Subhanallah. You get what I'm saying? It wasn't about that. Sure, the 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 respect and the the value for whatever that person was bringing was there, mm-hmm. but they never they never started like they didn't start with the intention of I'm gonna be famous, I'm I'm gonna be somebody, I'm gonna be something because of this Islamic knowledge, right? 
And so this leads to me to what you were asking. I don't believe that you should be online doing certain kind of work, right? Let me preface that. Let me preface this. Mm. If you're going to be doing work online, make sure it's Islamically oriented. Mm. Make sure that you're not posting stuff that's going to be... Once it's out there, it's out there. Mm. It's out there, right? Um, so if you're posting anything out there, please make sure that it is in line with... not. I'm not even saying Islamically. Sure. Just ask yourself one question. How would Allah feel about this? Mm. Like, would Allah be happy that I posted this? Or would he... Is, he wouldn't really like it. Just mm. have a common sense conversation with yourself, mm. you know? And it doesn't necessarily have to be something halal haram. It can be something as simple as kind, what kind of behavior are you putting online, right? What kind of things are you showing people you do in your life that um, would you, would you like, you're proud to put it online. Imagine that clip is pl played before you on the Day of Judgment. Would you be okay with, you know, you standing before Allah and like the clip is just like, oh yeah, I, I mm. did that, I posted that, I did mm. that. That's weird. And that's awkward. There's, there's also a big difference between like privately sinning and publicly sinning. Yes, right. That, that's a clear conversation. You see that happening all the time on social media. People are like, "That's a new thing." First, it was like drinking with the left hand, because the camera switches. Then it was like the type of haircut you have. Hold on, is that a thing? What? That's a thing, bro. The camera switches. Yeah, it, it flips. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. So they all pick on you, like, "Astaghfirullah, key. You should drink with your so left." So right now, right hand. this looks like it's in my left hand, if according to them. Flipped. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, the people watching it, no. I guess. <laughs> no, with the they camera. think it's in my right hand. The no? phone does it. The phone does it. Okay. Yeah, when you're on like Instagram okay. Live. Or whatever. Why are people up in your business about your drinking? And you know, Muslims are funny like that. They'll you'll be giving a 30 minute talk about something, and they'll just be like, "Brother, I saw you have a, a ring on your finger." It's like, did you do you remember the talk? <laughs> no, no, but brother, I saw your ring, and the ring is really interesting. I wanted to ask you about the ring's manufacturer and the date of. Um, it's like, Habibi, you completely missed the whole point. You yep. focus on okay, long tangent. So Anyways. I'll preface it with that: if you're yeah. gonna do any, if you're gonna post online, please let it be in line with what would please Allah. All right, mm -hmm. that's the first thing. Second thing is, if you're going to, per, if you see yourself blowing up online, right, for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, know if we should use that term. <laughs> if you see yourself <laughs> taken off. <laughs> yeah, if you see yourself doing well. Doing well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, online. Yeah. You should firstly obviously be having the conversations with yourself that we talked about, right? Mm. In regards to self-evaluation. But if you see yourself, you see that it's taken off, bring yourself back to earth real quick. Mm. And ask yourself, I'm not, I'm not, th this is a fine balance. I need to make myself very clear. Don't let this conversation become something that shaitan uses against you so that you stop doing the work that you're doing. Mm. And the That's another trick of shaitan, by is, the way. It is, it is. Yeah. And on the opposite hand, just do your due diligence, mm. okay? Take, care, uh, take classes on adab. Mm. Learn from your teachers. Have teachers, right? Mm. The Prophet wasallam didn't receive nubuwa, right? Mm. Revelation. Until he was 40 years old. Allahu Akbar. I'm 27 and I have 200,000 plus followers <laughs> on Instagram. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. The Prophet wasallam, and the most respected, most loved, most well-known being throughout all of t eternity. Mm. Right? The Prophet wasallam, didn't receive revelation until a point in his life where most people would think my life is over now. Mm. That's when his life began. And we're out here at 18 trying to get clout. And then we use religion as the means for it a lot of the time. SubhanAllah. Leave religion where it belongs. And if you want to do what you see great people in, in, the, in, the, in the scene doing what they do, mm. check your heart first. Learn how to preserve your heart. 
Mm. That's the advice. Sorry, I should have just said that. I just, <laughs> I no, it was good. It was learn good. how to preserve your heart. It was good. Learn. But look, okay. So now I'm going to challenge you on this, okay? Because I think this is a very good point. It's a very important point. Just like you said, some people might be discouraged at times because yeah. they feel like, well, I'm not perfect, so yeah. I shouldn't be doing this work, right? Yeah. And again, this is not to throw shade at anyone, but yeah. I've I've heard this even sometimes from sisters, uh. sisters who, for example, say, well, I don't want to wear hijab full time because I'm, you know, I, I make mistakes, and, th and they don't want to become the representative, right? Oh, wow. You hear brothers say like, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to wear this or go here or be associated with this because I'm not perfect myself, and I don't want people. And it's like at times, you know, that, that trick of shaitan prevents not only the good work from being done and people from benefiting, mm. but you from benefiting it as well. Yeah. If um if Allah wanted perfection from you, you would have been an angel. You're, Allah. You're not, you're not, you're not. Allah and Allah. you won't be. Mm. That's not the purpose of your creation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that if a nation didn't sin, he would replace them. Because Allah wants to hear you call out to him for forgiveness. You get rid of one bad habit, you're going to develop another one. Mm. But what you can work towards is your is your standard. Mm. I'll give you what I, I'll tell you what I mean. I'll use social media as an example. When I have those days where I'm just like I don't want to do this anymore, right? I've told myself that's not an option because the work far outweighs my flaws. Yes. So the clear and straightforward response is you got to sort this out, bro. You got to sort this out. You're not gonna stop doing something good or something that pleases Allah because you lack something else. Mm. That doesn't make sense. That's what shaitan wants. So when it comes to what we do online, the answer is clear, right? It's you guys got to fix this because not doing this work isn't an option, mm -hmm. right? Similarly, for sisters who think that I'm not going to wear the hijab because I don't want to be the representative of it. I'm not perfect, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Allah didn't ask you to be perfect, sis. Mm. You just need to work on your standard. Mm. What is not an option for you? Mm. Like, for example, we have to be able to tell ourselves five salahs, can't miss it right that's that's non-negotiable mm. right the issue becomes is when the standard gets compromised in all aspects of our life when the standard gets compromised right mm -hmm. not because you're a sucky person mm. your standard got compromised mm. right you see that as you grow up with people peer pressure that's your standard getting compromised mm. whatever you've been grown up uh, built up with in the home the values and the morals when you go out you get that peer pressure the standard gets compromised mm. same thing with your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you need to establish your standard and you need to understand this isn't a standard that's supposed to stay where it's at for the whole your whole existence right, right? this is a standard that needs to grow evolve because the prophet said said the chain of narration for this isn't concrete mm. but the benefit is insane it's mm. immense Mashallah. the prophet said said that a person whose two days are exactly the same is a loser. Mm. That person is at loss. And the two days that he's referring to are the day that you currently have, that you're currently living, and the day that just passed. Mm. Okay? There's no such thing as stagnance. There isn't. Why? Because life keeps moving. So your iman, what did the Prophet say? It goes up and down. Yeah. The Prophet didn't say it stays. No. That's it's, either the <laughs> it's either going up or it's going down. Mm. So we need to have standards for ourselves. The issue isn't I feel like I can't do this or I shouldn't do this because I, I, I do this behind the scenes and I'm not a good person. No, don't let shaitan manipulate you. Mm. Firstly, there's one thing. So if I don't finish my answer, remind me there's a second thing. Okay. <laughs> so don't let shaitan manipulate you. Don't stop doing that thing that you're doing that pleases Allah subhanahu wa because you have another flaw. That's like me saying, like, Actually, I'll tell you exactly what this is. This is like having a perfectly good iPhone uh, and then going to get a new one. Actually, no, it's like getting the latest one yeah. and being like, being like, 
I don't think I'm worthy of this. I'm gonna go down and drop to to the last one. I'm gonna go get an Android. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of iPhones. Let me just torture oh, myself no. by getting an Android. Yeah, yeah, I said it. I said it, all you Android users <laughs> out there. I said it. Use Shots Android. fired. No, no, okay. no. We're, we're all iPhone in this building, brother. All right. Yeah, so yeah. Anyways, bad joke. Standard. Go back to your saying. Yeah. You make a standard for yourself. Yeah. And that doesn't mean be hard on yourself. That means evaluate where you are, be real with yourself, and say, okay, non-negotiable. For sisters, I'm going to wear a hijab. For everyone, I'm going to pray all five. All right, fine. But I'm struggling with all five. Okay? Start with one. I'm not going to tell you don't pray all five just because you can't pray any. Mm. No. Start with one. Be consistent with it. This is you building your discipline, right? If you're struggling to wear hijab, start somewhere. Maybe you're struggling with covering yourself. All right, wear, don't show skin. Mm. Don't show skin. Maybe then you take it up a notch and be like, all right, no more tight clothing, only loose clothing, mm -hmm. all right? And then maybe you, at that point, you're probably struggling with your covering your hair. You're like, all right, now I'm ready. And then look, everything, this whole game of life is just about getting as close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as possible. It is taking a step. Even if you take three steps forward and take two steps back, that's still progress. Hmm. The process I'm told you, so Iman is going to go up, Iman is going to go down. Live with it. Deal with it. Evaluate yourself. Make that standard and honor the standard. Hmm. Don't insult it and don't get rid of it completely. Hmm. Right? So evaluate where you are. Take the steps necessary. This isn't an all or nothing game. Allah is never all or nothing with you. So don't be all or nothing with your relationship with him. That's horrible. Right? And the second thing I wanted to say was don't project yourself onto Allah. Mm. So that what do you mean by that? The, the way you feel about yourself, right? Excuse me. The way you think Allah thinks of you, Allah doesn't think of you like that. It's how you think of yourself, mm. right? So you think you're a bad person because you don't do something. You think uh, you're a horrible Muslim. You think you're not worthy of the hijab. You think you're not worthy of praying on the rug. You think you're... All these things, right? Mm. People have all these, um, these, these doubts from and these waswas from shayateen, right? Mm. So... You think that because of your shortcomings, your flaws, and your own unhappiness with yourself. Mm. Allah don't think about you like that. You're projecting how you feel about yourself onto Allah. Allah is the all-merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He loves you. Allah will allow you to make a mistake over and over and over again. Just think of that one sin that you've had in your life that He allowed you to do for a decade. Mm. And you're still chilling. That's Allah. Allah is merciful, and Allah will give you chance after chance after chance, even if everyone in your life isn't giving you those chances. That's Allah. Don't look at Allah how you look at yourself, and don't look at Allah how others treat you. They are not Allah. Stop projecting yourself. Mm. I mean, this is a very beautiful point. And of course, we're taught Islamically to have husnul dhan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh, right? Yeah. Like, part of our iman and faith is understanding that, like, we always have to think good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us. He loves us, as you said. Yeah. And ultimately, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants what's best for us. The question is, do we want to achieve <laughs> that same goal, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I'm sorry, bro. You just tell me when to stop talking. Uh, no such thing, I, brother. I, I love this. Uh, no, no, no. It's <laughs> so, free flowing. I like it too. Go ahead. So um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in a hadith Qudsi, right? I am as my slave thinks of me. Yes. Right. I'm not going to do the Arabic. Sure. But let me just, um, so I am as my slave thinks of me. You have to think good of Allah. I'll give you an example. The uh, Musa mm. okay, Musa Let's use this example. They're being chased by an army. None of us have ever been chased by an army. None of us. Mm. Okay. Musa salam and his people, when they're fleeing, are being chased by an army, and they're met 
with a body of water. They literally have nowhere to go whatsoever. This is it. Like, this is it. Okay. They can't go anywhere else. This is life or death. I don't know if many of us have been in those situations, life or death, you know, unless you grew grew up in certain parts. But Mm. other than that, we've never been faced with a tribulation like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Musa alayhi salam, strike the ground with your staff. Mm. And that happens. Okay. Pause. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have done anything. All right. And this is going to go into like how we view Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have made the angels come to them as he allowed the angels to assist the Prophet ﷺ in the Battle of Badr, yep. right? And just carry them across, okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have made a boat appear, mm. all right? And everybody could have gotten on and boom, mm-hmm. you know, sailed across. That's not what happened. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa salam, strike the ground and watch the sea part. Mm. <laughs> watch it just, could you imagine that? Could you be, imagine being there? Amazing. And you just, little old you, right? And there's just like these huge... Wo- Colossal waves on either side. Mm. Okay. That's the, ch- that's the route Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose. Mm. Now up to that point, I want you to just get in the mindset of those people. Okay. They're being chased. They feel stuck, as you have probably felt before, in different times of your life. You feel stuck. You feel like there's nowhere to go. You feel like there's no way out of this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did something. Right. Up until that point, they were in the test. Up until that point, they were stressed out. Up until that point, they don't know what was going to happen, whether they literally, are we going to live or are we going to die? Mm. Okay? But in the right moment, Allah's help came. The right moment is the first point, and in the right way. Mm-hmm. Okay? Let's hit the play button. From the tafsir, Ibn Kathir, we learned that the prophet. Uh, excuse me. From the tafsir of Ibn Kathir, we learn that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala caused the ground that they were crossing on to be uh, easy, like soft to walk on. Mm. Okay, it's probably never been touched by su- <laughs> yeah. sunlight, right? It's the water under the ocean. <laughs> You'd expect yeah. it to be what? I mean, the ground and the yeah, mucky, like mucky, or muddy, like, and like, like quicksand. Or yeah, something like, like you just like yeah. you step and it's just like yeah. oh my kicks, right? No, right, it's right. <laughs> yeah. it's. He made it easy to walk on. Mm. Okay, let's take it from there. They were in a predicament. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got them out of it. What do they have to do now? These were desert people. They, they don't know how to swim probably, mm. right? They had to, I don't know how to swim, mm. okay? They, they weren't like, you know what, Musa, this is great. I'm going to have to take a pass on this, right? Uh, water on both sides uh, it doesn't sit well with me, right. right? Or just like, God, thank you, but no. Mm. No, imagine that, right? Um, they said, sorry, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took care of the situation. And then in that situation, what did they have to do? They had to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again. Yeah. That the waves wouldn't come crashing down on them. Mm. It's not like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took care of that problem and then boom, there was no problem. Right. That's not how Allah works. Mm. Our job, and what was that test? When they were stuck at that, at that body of water, the test was of faith. The test was of tawakkul. The mm. t- test of was reliance. Okay. Allah took care of them, not when they wanted it, when he knew was best, mm. whenever that was, and how he wanted it, okay? Then in the waves, of the, them crossing through the waves, they have to trust Allah that the waves won't come crashing down, okay? Now, what happened? Fir'aun was, oops, Fir'aun was chasing them, right? Mm-hmm. When he saw this happen, as any sane, rational man would, was like, nah, 
<laughs> yeah. This is above my pay grade. They got back. They got backup out there. <laughs> exactly. eh? They're not even worth it. Yeah, yeah. They got reinforcements. Yeah, yeah. Khalas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jibril comes on on uh, in the form of a man on the back of a female horse. Okay. Now mm. Jibril salam hates Fir'aun, right? Mm. This is a man claiming to be God. All right. Jibril mm. salam, the chief of the angels, takes that personally, right? So the scent of the horse that Jibril salam was on right was so strong it was a female horse mm. that it attracted the male horse that Firaun was on mm. okay and they ran uh, and the male horse started chasing after this female horse okay what happens then the army follows Firaun okay Musa salam and the people get to the other side and they Musa salam is eager to close the waves and he gets told just, just wait, right? Just <laughs> you're, about to, you're about to see something real cool happen. You literally see the person coming at you who wants to kill you, and yeah. you're told to wait. SubhanAllah. Don't do nothing. Just stand there. SubhanAllah. What? Imagine somebody holds you at gunpoint, and you're told, just, just chill. Don't move. Just, mm. just let him point it at you, mm. <laughs> right? How many of us would be like, awesome? <laughs> How many of us would be like, okay, yeah. I trust you, Yeah. right? No, mm. we'd freak out. Why? Because we feel safer in our own hands than we do in Allah's power to us. The issue, I don't know what your question was, bro. I wonder what happened at the end of the story. Did Musa so, survive? No, it's obviously Musa. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Musa survived. I know the story. Yeah, Musa right. survived. Yeah, yeah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala drowned Fir'aun. Right, right, right. And preserved Fir'aun at and the same time. And preserved Fir'aun as a lesson. And what did Jibreel do? We know that he, he stuffed Fir'aun's mouth so that he couldn't ask for forgiveness because he was scared that Allah would forgive him. He was scared. Allah would forgive the one saying he's God. If that's the fear, let's use lack of better words, yeah? Mm. If that's the concern that Jibreel had for a man that not only committed shirk, mm. but claimed to be God, right? He, was, he had the concern that Allah would forgive him if this man just, if he just utters, oh Allah, forgive me. Yeah? What does Jibreel know that we don't know? SubhanAllah. Okay. okay. Where the, the point was the mercy of Allah, right? Allah yes. will keep giving you chances. Yes. You and I are not worse than Fir'aun. Mm. Take it easy with yourself. Take a breather. And s respect the standard that you're at. Don't belittle it. Don't let it be become an excuse to where you just stop growing and stop getting closer to Allah. Mm. But honor it. Be like, I'm here. It's not great. This is where I want to go. Let's take the steps towards that. Mm. Staying here is not okay. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would forgive somebody like, like Fir'aun if all he said was, Oh Allah, forgive me. Astaghfirullah. I seek your forgiveness. Come on. Mm. Be, 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 be easy with yourself. Be easy with yourself. But isn't it ironic that Jibreel was worried that Allah would forgive him? Yeah. Right? Because Allah SWT is Ar Rahman yeah. and He's a Rahim and He's a Ghafoor, He's a Ghafar. So it's yes. like, that's what I was saying. Like, what does he know that we don't know? That's a different level of, you know, iman, or you could say like knowledge, because he yeah. understands the capacity of what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is able and, and has done for yes. given people that have been horrible, right? So the, the it, it boils down to stop trusting yourself, mm. and not just that. Stop relying upon yourself. Mm. We rely upon ourselves too much. We get stuck in a predicament, and we're like, what am I gonna do about this? We start talking about, all right, how, what's the next step? Like, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. You have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally put that in your life for one purpose and one purpose only, to make you, not to break you, mm. right? Because it's going to get you closer to him.
Right. Allah loves you despite all your flaws, despite all your mistakes, despite you committing that sin for the past decade, right? He loves you so much that he still wants you closer to him. Allahu Akbar. And he puts you in this, whatever this thing is, as a means for you to get closer to him. This, is, this life is darul asbab. It's mm. a life of means. Nothing is just like this. I mean, Allah says, Wallahu yarzuku man yasha, hisab. He gives to whoever, whoever he wants mm. without any questioning, without any you know, balancing and mm -hmm. leveling. But um, majority of the time, Allah will give you those blessings in the form of difficulties. Mm. And we have to be able to differentiate. We have to be able to separate ourselves from it. I'll put this for those who are like visual learners. I think I got this from Ammar, actually. Mm. Uh, Ammar Shukri. Let me get you a cup, bro. <laughs> Just some cold chai in it. <laughs> so, so look. This right here. Oh, we'll do it this way because the camera's facing this way. Mm -hmm. All right. So look. Let me get that pen too. You know all my props here. <laughs> all right. This is the this is the bucket. Yeah, that's what you, that's this is what we're striving for. All right. Mm -hmm. This is you. Okay. This is you. Mm. This right here is the window. Okay. This window is foggy. Now, what you could be is that you could be like, man, this window just, just gets in the way. Mm. I can't see through it. I can't get through it. And you're complaining about getting to the opposite side of it. But all you're doing is looking at the window. Mm. We need to be able to wipe the fog off the window or open the window. Okay. Crawl through it and see what's on the other side. Mm. This is a means. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just put it there for you to get to that elevation. That's mm. it. Sometimes the elevation is easy. Sometimes it's not cheap. But it requires sacrifice. But above all, it requires you to trust him. So when you're in that difficulty, we can't be, we can't be focused on the difficulty. Mm. We have to focus on being calm. We have to be focused on being present. We have to be like, Ya Rabbi. And this is what I was saying earlier. Mm. Excuse me. Allah says that he is a, as his slave thinks of him. But he also tells us everything that happens by his will and permission. Mm -hmm. And anything good that happens to us is from him. From Allah, yeah. And any bad that happens is from ourselves, from our own hand, from mm -hmm. our own doings, mm -hmm. right? People translate that as I sinned and so now Allah is punishing me. Mm. No, no, look at it like this. You sinned. And mind you, you've probably done it multiple times. But now there's been a wake-up call, <laughs> okay? Mm. Now what's happened is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has Removed a barrier. What's that barrier? Halal and haram, do's and don'ts, aren't like a, they're not like a, hey, you're under control, obey me. It doesn't benefit Allah whatsoever. Mm. It only benefits you, right? right? Halal and haram is like a rule book. It's like a, it's like a manual. You are the creation. The iPhone is the creation. But the first thing we do when we get the iPhone is we put a case on it. We put a screen protector on it. For what? Protect it from dents, mm -hmm. scratches, right? The sinning that you and I do is imagine the decades, imagine the years of scratches and dents we've caused our nafs, excuse mm. me, our soul. Mm. We can't see that. So what has Allah given us to evaluate that? Halal, haram. Look at it as the screen protector. Look at it as the phone case, right? That is what protects you. Allah gave it to you as a protection. Now, if you do what you're supposed to do, you're good. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, or if you do something you're not supposed to do, what happens is the door between you and your enemy Right? Mm -hmm. Shaitan, Shaitan, Shaitan yeah. opens. This is an enemy who wants to cause you harm. Right. This is an enemy who wants to see you do horrible. Mm. This enemy is the means for causing you difficulty. Okay? And all you're doing is you've been put in this safe house with all the ammunition in the world, with all the weapons in the world, and what do you do? 
you've been told just keep the door closed keep it locked all you got to do is just keep the door locked over there right and what mm. do you do you s- unlock it you swing it wide open mm. because we choose to disobey allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we choose not to do what we're supposed to do this is what halal and haram is so when that difficulty comes in our way this is what our dialogue has to be with allah ya rab i was praying for something else but it didn't happen ya rabbi this isn't the outcome that i hoped for Ya Rabbi, this isn't the ideal place I would have liked to be in in this situation. But Ya Rabbi, you know what? I know that everything happens by your will and permission. And I know that you love me and that you only, you only want what's good for me. Mm. You only want what's good for me. So Ya Rabbi, I'm going to find comfort in that. I understand this has only been, you have allowed this difficulty into my life because you want to, me to be closer. How? There's something that Allah probably wants to rid you of. There's probably something Allah wants you to learn. There's probably something that Allah wants to just just mold you, just Mm. allow you to grow. Mm. Our focus cannot be the dilemma. Our focus has to be, what is Allah trying to teach me? What is Allah trying to rid from me? That has to be the focus. The moment that becomes the question we ask ourselves rather than, uh, this problem, man, Mm. I've been going through this for ages. Now you've gone from looking at the window to looking through the window. Mm. Wow, that was a very deep analogy. That was beautiful. Mashallah. Shout out Amar. Amar, Amar Shukri. <laughs> Always give credit to our, our teachers. Guy, mashallah. <laughs> um, look, I know we've been with you for a while now. Uh, I, I kind of want to wrap up. But before we go, I want you to also give some advice to those people out there who perhaps yeah. are walking similar steps as your own. People who want to. I mean, alhamdulillah, bro. You've set a great precedence. People see the fact that you're able to combine your passions of media and art and da'wah. And you're, you know, being in that position of a content creator or influencer, for lack of a better term, right? What is your advice for that next generation of people who will, you know, not replace us, but yeah. join, us, inshallah, join us, inshallah, in this type of world? Like, what's some, some t- tips you can give to them? Focus on getting to know Allah first. If you don't get to know Allah, you're going to find a very hard time getting to know yourself. Mm. And if you want to be in this line of work, it's very important to know yourself. That's the first that's, the, that's probably the biggest advice I would give. Know yourself in what sense? Like the good, the bad, the ugly kind of... Sure. Mm. But knowing yourself, the good, bad, and the ugly, can, you won't have a standard for it if you don't know Allah. Allah is the standard. So when you know Allah, you know what He likes, you know what He doesn't like. And then you can shift your life and mold your life around what pleases my Lord, what doesn't please my Lord. Allah. Otherwise, it's just I'm cool with who I am. Mm. Uh, based on what? <laughs> what I think is all right. Mm. What I think is, um, you know. Right. So we're left up to our... So. That, that's it. Get so to know Allah. Seek knowledge. Seek knowledge. Spend mm. time on getting to know Allah. When the revelation started to come, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not send down commands. He did not send down do's and don'ts. The first thing he said was, worship one God. Worship mm. Allah alone. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, monotheism. I almost said polytheism. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the first thing. Right. The second command was what? Mm. The very next command wasn't pray, wasn't fast. All these things are very important. The very next thing was feed the poor and the hungry, take mm. care of the needy. That was the next thing. Very next thing. M- many of us don't know that. Mm. The next thing was prioritize others. So get to know Allah for the sake of getting as close as you possibly can to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because the closer you are to him in this life, the closer you will be to him in the next. Allah and that's the only, that's, that's all that matters, right? right? I right. just want to be in the highest, most beautiful place, like next to the Prophet sallallahu mm. right beneath Allah's throne, inshallah. Allah you know, like, inshallah. that's the goal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the highest, most beautiful place Ameen, in Jannah. But once you do that, you have a clear standard for your life. Mm. If you don't do that, there's no standard. 
You go with the whims, the sways of life. The goal, it's the, the, the idea is to be able to grab life and mm. look at it how it's meant to be looked at, not how society and life and those around you force you to look at it. Mm. Look at it how Allah wants you to look at it. Look at it how Allah created you to look at it. And that's where you'll find all your peace, all your sanity, all the comfort you'll ever need through the worst of difficulty. I, I have known mothers. I know mothers who have lost who have who have lost their children right mm -hmm. and the first thing out of their mouth is alhamdulillah wow you think that Sorry. just came to them wow. you think that should like that was like a in the spur of the moment type of no this is a mother losing her child and the first thing she utters is alhamdulillah that's another level of reliance and trust you know and not being focused on how you feel mm. it's not about how you feel mm. um I know that uh, you're online as well. If people want to follow you and want to stay in yeah. touch with you, what are the best ways to do that? Um, Instagram. Instagram. My Instagram is at just Faisal Latif. Mm -hmm. Just. The word just is in there. J-U-S-T. Yep. Faisal Latif. Latif. Yeah. Okay. Uh, TikTok. I have a YouTube. Alhamdulillah. Um, you can find my videos on there. You can What's your favorite platform? I like Instagram. Mm. I like Instagram. What's the worst platform? <laughs> <laughs> Probably Facebook. I don't know. Hey, bro, I got over a million followers That's on Facebook. That's what I'm saying. Facebook's it depends. Where, where the aunties and uncles are at, bro. I'm it depends on for what. Hey, man. It depends on for what. I'm I kicking it on Facebook. Everybody left Facebook. I'm just, I'm just getting re-acclimated no, to it. Facebook is fantastic for like ads and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, yeah. I, just, I just have to ma marinate what I said earlier. Yeah. Please have a standard for yourself. Yeah. Don't fear anyone or anything more than you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Understand that anything that happens in your life is solely by his permission. Allah. And when it's by his will and permission, what do you have to be worried or fearing? Uh, what do you have to be worried about? And what do you have to be scared of? Mm. He allowed it. Simple. Okay. Mm -hmm. Get to know Allah. And in the little that we said about the shouting, I would love to talk about that more. That's going to have to be a part two. Because yeah. I think so, we can explore that whole thing fully. Yeah. Mm. When it, whatever we said about the shouting, please do not fear the shouting. Mm. They are not beings that you need to be scared of. That doesn't mean you don't take them seriously. Right. There's a difference. Right. Just because I may not be scared of them doesn't mean I don't do my part in defending myself. Mm. That's counterproductive. Right? So, so. so I don't fear my enemy, but I still make sure that I'm protecting myself. Right? Mm. Um, you take that. You take them seriously. And um, people need to understand they are nothing more than another creation of Allah. That's it. That is it. And Allah has given you things that far outweigh the abilities that they have. Okay? That Allah has given them. He has given you protection that far outweighs the abilities he has given them. Mm. What depends and what, what actually what, um, what it depends on is your conviction. Your conviction in that stuff and what Allah has given you to recite mm -hmm. and your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If, 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 if uh, we talked about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a lot, obviously. So mm -hmm. um, if, you, if you want one takeaway, inshallah, for myself first and foremost, on how to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, focus on get, this is my shaykh always says this. Uh, he says, focus on getting rid of the I. What am I going to do? How am I going to take care of this? Mm. No, no, no. You're not taking care of anything. You're just putting the effort in. Mm -hmm. Okay? Get rid of the I. Focus on trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Focus on relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Simple. That's it. And um, that's it. If, if I said anything good, it was solely by Allah's permission, mm -hmm. not, oh, Faisal's so good. No, no, no. <laughs> no. It was only by the will and permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything incorrect or inaccurate or incomplete that I said was from my own shortcomings and faults. So forgive me for that. 
Allah bless exactly. you. And stop sending my boy all them dirty pics online. I don't know who you <laughs> folks are, but oh you better God. stop that right now. All right. We got to protect my guy because he's mashallah tabarakallah. He's a nice guy. Allah, <laughs> Allah bless you. Ameen. May Allah protect you and your Ameen. family from all evil. Anyone out there who wants to harm you, may Ameen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you a Ameen. source of you khair too, and strength for this entire community. And, and Jonathan. And Jonathan Ameen. and everybody behind the scenes. <laughs> you better not cut that out. <laughs> no, no, no. He's got to keep that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all of you for watching. Stay tuned for Ameen. another episode of the Muslim Experience coming up very soon. Zakallah. Okay, we'll see you soon. Take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.